What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's 12.45 a.m. in the dark and murky waters of the White Sea. And you're listening to Night Call. Welcome to Night Call, a podcast to keep you company on those strange days and lonely nights. My name is Emily Yoshida. I am in New York. And with me on the other end of the line in California, it is... Okay, fine. I'll go first. It's Tess Lynch. And with me is <laughs> Molly Lambert. Hey, everybody. Hi. Welcome to the, the holiday season. We're officially in the holiday season. The, the real Higa season. Is that how you pronounce it? I always that? thought it was Higgy and then that commercial uh, where it like walks you through the pronunciation really kind of shook me. Higa? But I don't. He, is it Higa or like Huga? <laughs> Hookah? Hookah. It's a hookah. <laughs> hookah is what I would trust because it makes the least amount exactly. of sense. And, and it's a Scandinavian language. It means so. just like cozy, right? Yeah. 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 It has like a meaning, though, that's deeper than cozy. It's a Danish and Norwegian word for a mood of coziness and comfortable conviviality with feelings of wellness and contentment. That's great. I'm going to completely botch it, but there's like the Japanese concept where it's like you're you're both successful in your career and happy with your <laughs> personal life and like everything's working out. It's like basically Nirvana, but it's like earthly Nirvana. I can't there's remember There's a what German it's version of, of Hüge. What is it? Gemütlich. Oh, yeah. Gemütlich. Gemütlich. 
<laughs> what do you, what are your guys' favorite cozy things to do during the holiday season where it's about 85 degrees here in Los Angeles? Oh, it sure is. <laughs> I went to the Hollywood Christmas Parade yesterday. It was the 89th year of this celebration. I've never been to th- I don't even know about Okay, the I had never Christmas been to parade. it before. I knew about it. It's like a local parade and they show it on TV. I was trying to explain it to my friend. I had just gone to the Duda Parade and then I realized I like to go to parades apparently. <laughs> and I was like the Duda Parade is to the Rose Parade as the Hollywood Christmas Parade is to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. It is like an extremely bootleg Christmas parade. Mm-hmm. It is so bootleg. You would not believe. Tell us why. Well, I don't exactly know why, but it's kind of amazing. It's like, first of all, it happens now. Yeah. um, Before it's even December. And I explained to someone that that's so they can film it and show it later. Oh, my God. Guys, don't you know that the the holiday shopping season starts the day, like Thanksgiving Day? Right. It's it's Christmas. This is like they filmed this. (laughs) They filmed this parade. It was hosted by Eric Estrada. Mm Mm-hmm. And they got a real late start. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, And it's basically like if Mardi Gras were like a quarter full. Right. If Mardi Gras sucked. (laughs) No, because it doesn't suck. I mean, it's like... You can't like have a beer while you're watching the Hollywood Christmas parade. No, you can't. Definitely you cannot. But you can like buy an LED wand and sit on the... It's like not crowded. If what you want out of a parade is to be in a not crowded place... Okay. It's a good parade for that. What were the floats like? The floats are what make it kind of janky. Um, There was like one giant inflatable that I saw that was a cat in the hat balloon. And it was actually amazing to see a giant inflatable balloon in real life and made the whole thing worth it. Uh But it was also the slowest parade (laughs) I've ever seen. It's LA, baby. And I kind of like walked down the line before it started to see what it was. And the main thing that I did see, first of all, it started with like a million cops doing a sort of like terrifying demonstration of power where Mm -hmm. they like ride motorcycles around in crazy curly cues in formations. Um, but then it was weird Good to know they have a lot of time to practice their moves. Right. It's like first all the police cars drive through and then all the fire trucks drive through. And then after that came a fleet of cars from TV and film. Nice. Because it's so that's Hollywood where you saw Christmas the two parade. DeLoreans. So that's where I saw the two DeLoreans and just like many. But it was all like, I think, in advertisement for a company that will rent you famous cars or uh, doppelgangers there of famous are cars. two DeLoreans that are frequently seen around the Hollywood and Los Feliz areas yeah I'd also seen the Blues Brothers car before for yeah. sure and I just in my mind was like there's just guys who have a Blues Brothers car because that was a thing in Providence mm-hmm. but this is more of a like for-profit Blues Brothers venture um so yeah, it's a really silly parade, and I saw about an hour of it, and that was about it. But if you like free public experiences and spectacle, mm-hmm. I think the big star was Ernie Hudson from Ghostbusters, was like the mayor of the parade. Whoa. That sounds kind of good, actually. <laughs> it was. I mean, yeah. it's not bad. It's like true to its roots. I think it was like the first place Sonny and Cher ever performed. Like the fact that it's almost 90 Whoa. years old to me makes it, you know, it's hilariously yeah. old, but right. it is not like a very big thing. Um, I mean, are there any new parades? Like, what's the most recent major parade that was started? Because it's really hard to think about parades in our modern era. Like, it's easy to imagine being, like, 
yeah, a parade. That's what we'll do to the doodah pass parade the time was started and, like, in the 70s, and the doodah parade is okay. like the most 70s parade because it was started as sort yeah, of a yeah. rose parade parody parade, and that parade is also free. And I guess most parades are free. It's free to like it's like 10 bucks a person to participate, and anyone can, and it's all super weird stuff. Um, but my friend was like, the theme of this parade is everybody smokes weed. And I was like, yes, that's definitely <laughs> what connects all the floats in this parade. I feel like those are two incongruous themes, though. Like a parade <laughs> is like like a kind of like fake military exercise. <laughs> like, I don't know. What, and getting fucked up is against it? Yeah, it feels like like getting in order or doing formations yeah. or like carrying. Well, you, yeah, my friend, feels- should come to New Orleans. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Canvas People. The holidays are just around the corner. How's your holiday shopping going? We at Night Call know that it can be really hard to find something really special for the people that you love in your life for the holidays, something that's not just right off the shelf or the gift that everybody else is getting. So for a really special gift for the special people in your life, you've got to check out Canvas People. Canvas People prints your favorite memories and photos on Canvas and turns them into unique works of art that add a beautiful touch to your home. You know, now we take so many pictures with our phones, we capture so many amazing memories, and, you know, we don't really necessarily have photo albums to keep them in anymore and places to really display those photos and those memories in our homes. And Canvas People is a great way to showcase some of those photos that might otherwise not have a home. They're totally unique because it's your photo, and the prints are beautiful. They're great for decor. You can hang them up in your home, frame them. They're like pieces of art. And now, as a special for a very limited holiday offer, CanvasPeople.com is offering their popular 11 by 14 photo canvases for free. That's right, for free. These normally sell for $69.99, but for this week only, you'll pay nothing. Just cover shipping and handling. To get your free canvas, text CALL, C-A-L-L, to 484848. All you have to do is pay shipping and handling. This offer won't last, so text CALL, C-A-L-L, to 484848. That's CALL to 484848. Message and data rates may apply. 12, 9. 20, 5, 14, 5, 18, 19. I did also go to Mardi Gras because it turns out I'm such a parade head. Yeah. I and that's, and Disneyland, you saw a bunch of I Disney saw the, parades. I think I was like missing the Disneyland Christmas parade is why I wanted to see the Hollywood Christmas parade, which is less impressive, but yeah. also free. Um Mardi Gras is like truly an amazing parade and mm-hmm. like a crazy giant spectacle of being overwhelmed by just like human beings' capacity to make weird things. And be excited. Mm-hmm. And the floats aren't corporate. Yeah. My boyfriend is from New Orleans. Right. He was pointing that out yesterday. He was like, those floats aren't corporate. They're like sat- satirical mm-hmm. and sometimes very weird. Yeah. Because they, mm-hmm. like I went right around the election and it was like very strange. There were like politics themed floats and they were just creepy because they're just like giant. You know, the ways that like giant effigies of politicians are creepy. I yeah, feel like yeah. they do that more in England. They love to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've imported that. We've totally the Trump like balloon. explicitly. You know the imported, Genesis yeah, video the with Trump. the scary puppets that mm-hmm. are all the. Uh huh. Oh, they love they, they love, love them some scary that. Puppets it was like that. It was like some. There was like a Bernie float and a Hillary float and a Trump float, and they were all like mocking them. You know. And then there's just some weird things about 
Mardi Gras because it's so old mm-hmm. that some of it is just very feels very like you're in like an eyes wide shut parade, yeah. you know, where you're like, this is going to end with like some kind of a really cool like pagan thing that we all do because yep. it feels very like older than time or like um, it's great. I recommend it. But it's it's like many days of parades. And what's cool about it is everybody gets like the week off from school. We should re we should revisit this when it's actually Mardi yeah. Gras season. But this sounds I call Mardi Gras good. corporate sponsors. Send us to Mardi Gras, please. Oh, yeah, put us on a float. <laughs> we should just have like a giant phone, like a nightscape. Behind oh yeah, us what's and, your like, dream float? Phone. What would you like to ride on? Toss a, a giant phone. Mm, well, no, I was thinking like a landline, and I do kind of like that idea. But I really like the idea of being inside a clam that open and shuts. Ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm just, I just good. think it's cute. I was going to say a moon pie. Oh, that's a good one. I would like something I could close myself up in if I got shy. When yeah. I went to Mardi Gras, I saw Solange uh, was the the grand marshal, I think it's called, of a parade. And she was in a giant shoe. Oh, nice. It was a parade <laughs> whose theme is a giant high heel shoe that's like the women's parade. <laughs> and it's the best parade. Is um, that like her um, the crew? Yeah, the crew is muses, and it's yeah. like the all-female crew, and their thing is like a high-heeled shoe. So she rode in a giant high-heeled shoe, and she actually lost her wedding or engagement ring. Oh, no. Because she was doing throws all night. Yeah. And at some point, like, accidentally her ring came off while she was, like, throwing beads and oh, stuff. Man. Emily, what's your dream float? I was um, in a float when I was a kid. This is like a very early childhood memory. What? But um, there's there's a kind of funky parade in Seattle called the Seafair Parade. Ooh. Um, it's kind of like well known around there. But I, my mom was a part of a Habitat for Humanity float. And they made like a like a house, like a big kind of crazy house float. And I was in it. Like I rode in the float and kind of was like in one of the top like little windows in the like attic waving from the, the window floor. yeah yeah it kind of was the surreal thing of like a trailer house um being you know taken down the road um like the kind of weird dreamy thing of being in a house but it's moving sort of wizard cool. of um but i had the, a very cool memory of when that it, so i guess any kind of house thing they i think at the thanksgiving day parade they have like an old mother hubbard float that's like the shoe house oh, yeah. and i think that one looks anything fun. that's yeah. like a miniature golf Thing. Yeah. Well, speaking of <laughs> British puppets, <laughs> speaking of British people and their puppets, yeah, and the holidays, this this topic came as a suggestion to us um, on Twitter because I was sort of on this kick that we had been from uh, be- from doing the Big Chill episode and then talking about uh, Phantom of the Opera, and there are a lot of things that could qualify as. 80s themed themes but they're like sensations where I genuinely I can't really understand why they were so popular guys Big Chill is great I don't know it's great I'm not saying it's not great but I'm saying like can you imagine that movie being like a sensation no uh, yeah yeah Yeah, I mean it's hard to imagine any movie that's like about real people right just being have superpowers yeah or are animated being like a huge huge hit so we had a we had a suggestion from tw- uh, a Twitter. They did suggest do it talking about charity songs, which I was just like, oh yeah, that's one of these other things where when I think about any of those songs, like We're the World, or in this case, do they know it's Christmas charting? Especially in those days when charting was based off of buying a single and radio play, I guess. 
I can't imagine those songs being so like who would buy the single of Do They Know It's Christmas? Wow. I just I mean I'm glad they did. A lot I'm glad of people that it was sure for did. A good cause. Yes. I think here's what I think. <laughs> Let's talk sports yeah. again, like we did last we week. Love sure. We sports. love to talk sports. Spot Hort's take. <laughs> it's like a super team. It's like, just yeah, because sure. you put all of the greatest players in history on a team, like, they might be a terrible team. Uh, there's something right. about the idea of, like, putting all these stars on a track together. Well, it's also interesting because if it's for charity, if you say no and then that becomes public knowledge... It's obviously like, shamed. Right. yeah, and, and maybe rightfully because you're like, well, it was recorded in a day. So it literally yeah. took like a couple of hours of time. And then it did generate a bunch of money, but it also created one of the worst well, and most depends, offensive like, songs. Who, right. It depends who is running the charity and where the money actually goes. I knew it was a Bob Geldof joint. Yeah, it was a Bob and Geldof Midge joint. Or Yuri. Yeah. Yuri. Let's yeah. go Yuri. And. Yeah. It is a terrible song. It's so bad. Do you guys think it's better or worse than the 2014 version about Ebola? That I is think, like oh, so I was just bad. listening to the 2014 version. It's so funny. There was a 2014 it's ta- version. Yes, and it it, it was That's about the one Ebola. With Ellie Goulding and and um, oh, I didn't even know about this. They kept a lot of the. Lyrics. I mean, it's like I think there's something <laughs> about that song in particular. What makes it so <laughs> offensive is that it's like so colonialist. Oh, it's and, so colonialist. Mm-hmm. It's like the craziest, yeah. and it's the thing of like you're like you're you should know better than this by now. Yeah, the the kind of the rant the rampant cluelessness feels feels shocking now. Um, also, I mean, it it is one of those things that feels like. It would be a song in a South Park episode without a single lyric. Changed. Exactly. You know, we all spent time in the eighties, which is what differentiates. We did us. our time in the eighties. That's what differentiates <laughs> us from the, from the young millennials. Because um, the eighties were the weirdest decade by far to me. Like when you yeah. re- look at things from the eighties, they're so weird because they purport to be wholesome. Yeah. It's like trying to like yeah. reset things to the fifties and well, some it's way. a bizarro fifties. It's a bizarro fifties, but things are yeah. like things are so dystopian and weird and that was very apparent. What's strange mm. is that I remember this song, obviously it still plays, but I remember it as if I were there when it came out, but I was one year old. When did it come out? Eighty four. Okay. I just remember like the SNL parody. Yeah, I yeah. feel like I feel like I was mm-hmm. more aware of the parodies than the thing itself. Well, there's this weird thing where I feel like if someone plays the like bells, you know, of the like like ding 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 you know like any kind of like Christmassy yeah. bell or a whistle or a hand clap like I will listen to the song you know I'll give it a it's chance it's like a heavily synthesized yes. version though and I actually think that musically this song isn't that bad right just the lyrics are, are the it's problem it's the lyrics that are terrible and then okay so the thing going back to the super t- super team thing I think the super team thing works in sports because you're tuning into an event and you're like watching to see how something plays out in real time right like it's an so, all like, it's sort of, yeah, so now I feel like instead of these songs, we don't really get charity songs anymore, but like we have the big like like 50 people, 50 big stars singing at the Grammys or whatever, yeah. which is like you don't really want to ever like go back and watch that again or listen right, to it but again, they're but counting like, on happen people to be watching it, tuning in to see just, it live. Yeah, the looky-loo aspect of it. And that kind of stuff I kind of, I think it's usually kind of boringly done on the Grammys. I mean, there's some exceptions, and sometimes the combinations are so wackadoo that you kind of just have to 
watch with your jaw open. But one of my earliest writing jobs was was recapping the voice for the AV club, like when the voice was new. And I had been doing American Idol stuff before then. And I was like, well, this show is fun because they have the battle rounds where people are just sing fighting. And that's always kind of entertaining, like when people are just in real time trying to one up each other. I did love the battle rounds. Yeah. (laughs) And that's what people like about charity singles. I think you're right. Is there's an element of like all these stars trying to be like, who will be the memorable person? Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's not it's no, it's no it's no VH1 diva. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Just because you mentioned The Voice, I have to say like in the early days of The Voice, I was like I'll give this show a shot and I really liked the battle rounds, but that that show was such a pale like awful yeah. substitute for American Idol. You guys have strong yeah. idol in Super the voice. Strong this is feelings. like when we talked about astrology the other week and I just dropped out for 10 minutes. <laughs> you, about you you are not into I any was like of this, I don't think I this has ever happened before that I've stopped talking well, for that long on the podcast. They, I mean it feels of a piece with them. I mean they yeah, all for sent, sure. and American Idol like, also has that creepy thing of like trying to recapture something from the right. 50s like American They all exist in the like same that. like Paul Verhoeven universe. Yeah. 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 That informed like, us all as people. Bob Geldof, yeah. by the way, in 2010, said that he was responsible for two of the worst songs in history. And one was Do They Know It's Christmas? And the other is We Are the World. Really? He, what like, about, admitted it. What about <laughs> I Don't Like Mondays? <laughs> Taking no responsibility. We Are the we World go, is incredible. Yeah. I was more aware of We Are the World when I was a kid than, than Do Which They came Know It's first? Christmas. That's a good question I was just going to say. Do They Know It's Christmas? I think came first. Here's what I was saying to you guys also in an email is that I feel like I knew for some reason that the race to get a number one for Christmas is a huge thing mm-hmm. in England, yeah. Yeah. much more so than in America, I think. And it's always like, it's sort of like a Eurovision-y thing where it's like, you know, yeah. the favorite and like That's somebody funny. will do, and it's always people doing like sentimental covers of songs. I feel like Adele has just like won with, if she oh, ever has yeah. a song out, it wins Yeah, for Probably many like years. like her and Sam Smith have just been owning I that I feel like Ed Sheeran for... like really wanted it oh, one yeah. year and got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But then there was a year when everybody just got totally one-upped by a song from a tea commercial that had really? like a cuddly polar bear. <laughs> That's awesome. It was awesome. It was like, everybody was like, no, no, the song by like the no-name band from like the cuddly polar bear tea commercial that all of England has fallen in love with. It captured their heart like the crazy frog. The funny thing about the um, the most recent Do They Know It's Christmas? Did you say it was 2014? Yes. I guess it would be like on a four year. Yeah. Um, is that it feels even more British than the first one for some reason. Uh a lot of the people who pop up on it, you kind of do this weird thing of like, who's that person? Because you know them from like exactly one song, like whatever the one song was that came to the States. So like the guy from Pompeii, Bastille, the song was called Pompeii. See, I can't even remember. Yeah. And he has a really distinctive voice, but I've never heard another song by them ever again. And so he pops up on the song and I'm like, who's that? A, I know, I know it, that Would you call voice. it a who's who of who's? <laughs> it's a who. Yes, oh. exactly. <laughs> oh, because That's that a great, great me. segue. If you like, like we do, talking about minor British pop stars that other people <laughs> might not care about, but you obsessively follow the details like, of their is career. Is Jessie J on this? Yes, Jessie J. Oh, sure. Isn't she dating Channing Tatum? <laughs> oh, wow. Is that yeah, true? Yeah, and everyone's talking about how she looks just like Jenna Dewan. Yikes. Um, Yikes. Yeah, it is. um, And she like went on a Chinese The Voice and won. No, she was she was on either X Factor or The Voice. And she didn't have a cast. 
cast. Yes. It was in a cast. You remember it. That was, when I, that was when I recapped. Yep. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> if you've been riveted by this discussion of Jesse J's cast, you will <laughs> love Who Weekly, a podcast from Lindsay Weber and Bobby Finger that we all love. Love it so much. I can actually say that it's better for celebrities where you just keep seeing their name. So I put celebrities in air quotes, but you can't see it. But um, there are all of these people where you just keep seeing them mentioned and you know that you'll never find out who they are. And then just having someone else acknowledge that they're a who, you're like, "Yeah, yeah, I don't have to know who they are. They're a who. I love, I think it's a great pairing if you're a big um, blind items reader or crazy days and nights reader, like to have those, both of those um, info streams going in tandem because then you kind of can understand who half the people are that he talks about that otherwise you'd be like, who is that? Yeah, if you like me are deeply invested in the careers of stars like Bella Thorne, mm-hmm. Bella Thorne, Vanessa Hudgens, the Christmas switch. Is Vanessa Hudgens a who? Well, I don't count her as a who. This would be a great Who Weekly debate because she's not a who, but she's sort of she just did a Netflix Christmas movie, Mm -hmm. which will bring us back to our main topic again um, (laughs) about a princess. It's like she and a princess switch places or something Uh within the Christmas movie. They acknowledge the Netflix Christmas movies universe. Whoa. There's a moment in this Whoa. Vanessa Hudgens Netflix Christmas movie where they watch another Netflix Christmas movie and she's like, I love these movies. Does that <laughs> are you arguing that that makes her more of a who or is that just a separate well, thing it's entirely? Definitely there's something like if you decided that you can you can corner the Netflix Christmas movie market. I mean, a lot maybe, of people. Yeah. It is a route for an actress that I respect. A lot of people do a, a Christmas movie How in their career. How many Netflix movies has she been in now? Because she was in that one rave movie, XOXO. Well, she's amazing in Spring Breakers. Is yeah, the thing. That's I mean, why I'm like, like she's not a who. Do more serious. Wait, no, acting. it was. She wasn't in that movie. I, I'm sorry for besmirch- besmirching her name. I think that was Sarah Highland who was in that. <laughs> Never mind. There's a who. <laughs> oh, can I? I share my one favorite tidbit from the Wikipedia entry for Do They Know It's Christmas, though, before we move on. Yes, of uh, course. I think it was Simon Le Bon who, like, showed up, like, having not, like, just c- come from a party, like, not having slept the night before. And, like, yeah, how many out, people apparently. recording that song knew it was Christmas? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, or, like, were aware of <laughs> yeah. much at there all. There may not be snow were, in yeah. Africa, but there was snow at yeah. Simon Le Bon's party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he dumped out a bag of cocaine on the table and everybody partook. Um, and then fast forward to, I think, the one that was recorded in the 90s. And it was like Damon Alburn was there, but he wasn't even a part of the track. He was just there to serve everybody tea. AKA cocaine Um, is what you're saying. (laughs) I love him. We all love Damon Alburn. (laughs) That might be the official night call crush. I mean. Is it? I think think we might all agree on that one. Yeah. He has the boyish charm. He a cutie. We like British novelty songs. (laughs) I mean, British, like anything that they're probably sick of. In England, like, I'm like, bring it to me. I will take it. <laughs> yeah. But there is some stuff that's, like, not quite good enough to actually cross over that I'll listen to. But I feel, like, lucky that we are spared it. Like, the work of Cheryl Tweedy. What is the best Christmas song of that's all time? That's what I wanted to say. Feliz Navidad. There's no other answer. Do you like Christmas music? Um, 
I know it's probably not cool, but yeah, I do. There are certain sentimental ones. It is cool to say ones. that it's not cool, that you like it. I just do like it. I've been listening to the country station out here, Go Country 1051, because they started playing the Christmas music like about three weeks ago, <laughs> if memory serves. But there are a few that make me like deeply depressed. I'll just turn those off. Like, so you like a happy Christmas song, I like not a, a melancholy? I like the zippy ones. What about you, Emily? Um... I mean, I'm a big fan of the Phil Spector Christmas. Yeah. I mean, that's just kind of like it doesn't it doesn't ever get old. Classic. But my real favorite, and this is just like a sentimental favorite, is um, uh, a Stephen Eady recording of "Let It Snow." Do you like the Christmas music? Do I like the Christmas music in general? Yeah. Not really. Uh, I'm not a big Christmas music fan. There's like this one tape that we just have had since I was a kid that has. It's kind of a very 60s 70s christmas tape hence Ooh. the Stephen Eady, and there's like julie andrews singing a ballad a christmas ballad <laughs> i can't remember and the, yeah it's just a very kind of like like the mormon tab- tabernacle choir is on it and and that one i just have a soft spot for because every single one of those tracks i just like have imprinted on my brain but i'm not a big like i'm not one of those people i think a lot of people are like like Thanksgiving's over, time to break out the Christmas music. Time to play uh, Mariah Carey like five oh, times that's a day. My and I'm not, <laughs> yeah, I like that one. Well, I mean, it's a it's a it's a good one. I feel like everybody in in the modern day, if there's a contemporary pop star who is trying to do a Christmas track, everybody is kind of secretly just trying to to best the Mariah yeah, song. Yeah, which you cannot I feel like do. I don't ever even like Mariah that much because I'm I'm like generally a little lukewarm on the divas, but for Christmas. Make an exception. You like a Christmas diva? Uh-huh. I do like a Christmas, a Christmas diva. diva. I love Mariah. I she's my favorite ever. I will don't worry I will about Mariah. Fight this forever. I, I don't know. so glad the Lambs got the glitter soundtrack to the original <laughs> Star Is Born. Got it to number one. Good job, Lamely. As a Lambert, I, wow. I identify with the Lambs. Um, I like Christmas music. I was gonna say I like the melancholy Christmas music. I like the Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, album. I mean that's yeah. unbeatable. I of also course. just rewatched Charlie Brown Christmas with, or, I mean, a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving with my kids, uh, and it was like the hardest thing in the world to convince them <laughs> to watch it. They they seemed to think it was from like the 1600s. They it was like, to them. <laughs> yeah, they were like, oh, "Are these that makes me are sad. these cartoons?" And I was like, "Yeah." They're like, why like, are they flat? They don't look like car- like why are, why is their hair that way? And I was like, "You guys watch like." You know, Captain Underpants. Like, it's why experimental. Is that way, yeah, it's experimental. It's hard. It I must am. be hard to want to like pass on those traditions, and then your kids are like, mm. "Oh God, it's so hard." I mean, I just remember my dad doing the same thing. So yeah, like, no, it's not cool, right? And I'm like, I'm a very I was, young I was, mom. <laughs> <laughs> I love the peanuts, yeah. like all hip, ch- hip yeah. people, hip millennials. Love um, <laughs> well, it wasn't contemporary for us either, but I feel like everybody in our generation loves well, loves the Charlie Brown Christmas and all the Charlie Brown movies in general, right? I, mean, I think on some level not, we have like a deep need to forge tradition, and that is one of them. That we're right, all like sure. we agree that there but are I like mean, certain I, things that are good. That's one of them. Sesame Street's and, one. Things that you would like yeah. want your children to be into because they're like they teach fine lessons and they're they and teach fine lessons. They're hege. <laughs> they're very hege. 
About the flat 2D animation thing, um, I was at a screening of Mary Poppins Returns. Oh, shit. And <laughs> and uh, there's a part where they do kind of like try to redo the supercalifragilistic sequence, yes. like with where they go into an animated world. And even even being me, like a person who grew up with, with 2D animation and does not find it alarming... I was like, children are going to be terrified. <laughs> know what to make of this, especially because the um, the the style of the animation they to- totally go back to like the '60s Disney style with like these kind of kind of spindly like animal characters and stuff, mm-hmm. and like they have the penguins there, and it's very cute. It's fun, but it's like kids are not going to be able to wrap their heads around the dimensionality of this. Well, I just want to say that we had Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which oh. is a terrifying so children's scary. movie wow, yeah. that we also all love that goes in the Damon yeah. Albarn uh yeah. <laughs> Night Call Venn diagram. We should have like a like a virtual Hall of Fame or yeah. something where we can just a list like, of things we all we all, we all agree are the best. <laughs> it's just a website, but it's a museum for things we like that are old. <laughs> Wait, I wanna know about Mary Poppins. Can you tell us since you saw it already? Was it good? Um, Will it bring the okay. musical back again? All, the songs are cute when you're listening to them, and they all sort of run together for me. Um, I had thought that Lin Manuel Miranda like wrote on them or something, but I don't think he did. I'm not. I actually have to fact check on that. But uh, it's cute. I mean, she's great in it. Like, it kind of feels. I'm like a little bittersweet about the fact that like finally it feels like there's been justice for Emily Blunt. Well, I was going to say, I feel like she's kind of a genius because I was like, Mary Poppins is more famous than Black Widow. Like, she (laughs) she made a right choice by holding out on all the superheroes until she got fucking Mary Poppins because that franchise will go forever. And she's so perfect in it. Like, she's just picture perfect in it. She's practically perfect. Yeah, she is practically perfect in every way. And I, I, my my weird hot take while I was watching it that was kind of crossing my mind, and I was like, I don't really think this, do I? But I think I do. It's like, is Mary Poppins hot? Like, well, as a character? she's buttoned up, so you know. I mean, yeah. Like, in some but level, was she hot as Julie Andrews? Because like, I, you know, Julie Andrews thing. is hot, but yeah. Julie Andrews was like desexualized in all of her movies, which is right. why then there's a movie where she shows her her shows her boobs later on. Why'd you whisper yeah. that? Because it's like <laughs> you don't feel let anybody know. It's like isn't there a movie also where you see like Mary Tyler Moore's boobs, where you're like, there's something that feels like you're seeing like your friend's mom's, mom's boobs <laughs> that you're not like supposed to see, you know? Um, Julie Andrews, I don't feel like is supposed to be hot in Mary Poppins, but I don't think I, anyone's supposed to be I hot think that, in Mary well, Poppins. Well, she's. I, I, I was just trying to like oh, think right. about the appeal of Mary Poppins because it's really peculiar, right? She's like super hard ass. But she also is like a total hedonist. Like I remember in the original one where she she makes the children's medicine taste. Better I get it mixed up in my mind with Mrs. Piggle Wiggle. Oh, I love Mrs. Piggle Wiggle too. Yeah. Is there um, any politics in this one? Because I feel like what makes the first one oh, pretty good is there's some politics in it that are yeah. okay. So in this one, um, what Jane? She's the girl. Um, she's played by um, Emily Mortimer in this one. She is a labor organizer. Of course. <laughs> uh, Isn't it, okay, this is a thing about Disney movies that I've noticed is there are like a bunch of Disney movies about labor organizing, but yeah, yeah. And, the, and the Christopher Robin. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. Like the Christopher Robin movie is all about like benefits for workers and yeah that's what newsies is about too and i was like this is very weird because this is not in line right yeah 
y'all like to behave. <laughs> I think Mary Poppins, there is this kind of like... She's just mysterious. She's Well, she's mystical because someone... You guys probably didn't ever watch Super Nanny. It's interesting because it kind of like is a horror movie for parents in a way of like you could hire someone who like presumably has no children because they've got all this time and then they show up and they're a better parent than you. And they like they almost have this like magical ability to transfix your children. Well, it's also like they're somebody. They don't form an attachment to your children that that would keep them there forever. Otherwise, it would be just like a real horror movie. It's just interesting to think Mm. about when you're like Mary Poppins, like she came and she like bewitched the children and was like really good at like parenting them basically and then was like peace. But isn't it also like this (laughs) fantasy of like she has no inner life. She's just there to like serve. Yeah. 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 And the children are like they grow up to think they imagined everything that they right. like all their wait is there an does it imply that she might just be a figment She's of a their imagination of- so it is a horror movie well it was funny they buried the nutcracker because I was like they must really be betting it all on Mary, on Mary. Poppins yeah, yeah nutcracker is real bad I had to see both of those <laughs> speaking of Emily Blunt we got an email referencing the Devil Wears Prada and about our last week's episode. People got takes on You've Got People Mail. People got takes. This night email comes from Stephen. I grew up in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, which was a series of mostly empty strip malls surrounding an economically depressed downtown in the 90s. I distinctly remember when we got our first Starbucks in Barnes & Noble and how excited the adults in my life were as a result. I remember my mom telling me about all of the new variations of coffee she could try and how we could now buy virtually any book we wanted. I had never been to New York or any other cultural center, so in my mind, this was exactly what Winston-Salem was missing out on. Seeing successful, charming New Yorkers in You've Got Mail hang out in Starbucks and Fox & Sons affirmed this belief, and I felt like I finally had access to a richer world. Watching You've Got Mail in 2018 still stirs those feelings. I also rewatched The Devil Wears Prada recently and was struck by how much of a pre-recession movie it is. I can't believe all the razzing Anne Hathaway gets for taking a job that is not 100% in line with her interests, even though it is explicit that it could help her career in the long run. It's peak you went to college, so now the world will give you whatever you want. I watched it when it came out and was fully on her friend's side. On my 2018 watch, I was team Anne Hathaway all the way. Take the job you gotta take. Well, I hate The Devil Wears I was just gonna say I hated The Devil Wears. I read it too. for Emily Blunt. (laughs) Yeah, Emily Blunt Emily is great. Blunt. In it. Amazing. That was her big entree. Yeah, I know everybody came away from that loving Meryl Streep, but I just remember being like, Emily Blunt is very is the best part of this movie. I don't like to hate on Anne Hathaway, so I won't do it. But there's something about The Devil Wears Prada where I was like, it just it takes all the boxes of my least favorite things and like put them in a blender and was like, here you go, sit and sit and eat it. And I was Wait, like, okay. No. I have, it's been a second since I watched it, but I kind of like it. Can you explain? Can you explain the hate for it? Because I, I, I also I don't remember, remember how it ends. I feel like it's like the tertiary characters are good and like interesting and well acted and written, and then Anne Hathaway is just kind of like a Mary Sue, where it's like she's this person working for this like crazy boss. If I remember yeah, correctly. It's like you have to like humanize Anna Wintour by showing that like she is sad sometimes too. <laughs> um, but she does she end up being like a kind person? I don't remember that being the takeaway. It's like it acknowledges that she's sad, but does she end up like being redeemed at all? 
I remember there were like some. I just remember there were a lot. Like the love interest was very boring. And yeah, the love interest is like the least. Yeah, I can't. For even me, remember. it's like so uninteresting to like watch a movie about the fashion industry. Like, <laughs> it's just for some reason it's. It's As time we've you said, it's how do you feel that. about Zoolander? <laughs> that I will watch a, a parody for of anything. There was a whole series of like two thousand. I think exactly what this what this uh, Nightcaller is talking about is like that these two thousands movies that were about being like a career girl who's like yeah. Yeah. out in the big city to make a ton of money and like smash the glass ceiling at a terrible company and do so by like buying a lot of name brand things. Yeah, so uh, she can be accepted by her peer. Oh, but Stanley Tucci is so good in it. He's too. really good in it. So yeah. that one, I love Stanley Tucci. He's good in everything. <laughs> yeah, you get. I mean, it's like so that one's like the given. best one. But then there was like Confessions of a Shopaholic, which some yeah. people like. And but is she does she have a job? The in that? Nanny she Diaries. This was like peak people being like, this let's is adapt so 2005. To... This is like so peak odds. But like... there's something about some of these movies that make me feel like they like think women are really dumb, you know? Yeah. Where it's yeah. like, here's what women like. They well, like this fashion. Was like when, like they... that was when the term chiclet became a right. thing, was like four books like Devil Wears Prada. There are enough good things in that movie. I don't know. I mean, I know people like it, but for me, it's never been. I watched it once and I've never felt the need to like revisit it. Life is short. If you love The Devil Wears Prada or give us a shout. the Mary Poppins franchise or the alternate universe Mary Poppins that might be in the center of the night called Venn Diagram, Bedknobs and Broomsticks, which also has an animated part, I give hope us a that call. They do a, I hope they do a sequel to Mary Poppins Returns called Mary Poppins Forever. <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay, you guys, we have a night call. And this is kind of a corrections desk night call. This comes from Hannah. Hi, night call. I'm sure other people have pointed this out. They have. But according to the Waffle House website, 25 states have Waffle House locations in them, including Colorado and Pennsylvania, neither of which I would consider southern states. Never having been to a Waffle House, I've lived in Washington, New York, and Alaska. I guess IHOP would be considered the Waffle House equivalent in non-Waffle House states or Denny's, maybe Sherry's. By the way, I've never heard of Sherry's. Sherry's! Okay, Sherry's. Literally, my only interaction with Waffle House comes from a John Green short story, so I have almost zero frame of reference. I have heard of the Waffle House Index, though, which is a FEMA rating system that categorizes storms based on whether or not the Waffle House in the area is open. I'm off to find some waffles now because I'm hungry. Happy haunting! (laughs) So that is, like, a very strange thing that the Waffle House Weather Index exists. Yeah. I mean, uh, but this this goes back to—I will explain Sherry's for you for a second— I mean, it is basically just a diner, like it's a Denny's style diner. It feels like more 70s, like like at least when I was a kid, it felt very, even at the time in the 90s, it felt 70s. But it's just a diner, but it's in Washington. And I remember Sherry's being the one place in town when there was this freak blizzard and all the power went out for like two weeks. And Sherry's was one of the few places in town that was like on a generator, like a public place on a generator that you could go to if you wanted to. So like that kind of holds water, like being the the, the light in the storm. Yeah. Uh, FEMA's like if Sherry's is open. Again, this is why 24 hour establishments are the best. 24 hour diners. I mean, we're missing like was Dupar's 24 hours? I thought it no, was. No, it's only stayed open until three at a certain point. We we are losing some diners, but we're, losing we're a getting lot of some new ones. Spots. Norm's is moving to Ventura Boulevard. Oh, I love Norm's. What, what about Cafe 50s? Cafe 50s on Vermont's open. We could talk about this part all day. First of all, I just want to say, 
IHOP is not as good as Waffle House. No, uh, I, yeah, IHOP no. is not great. Do you I guys prefer Denny's IHOP. or IHOP? Denny's, I mean, but I don't really like either of them. There's an IHOP kind of near me that I go to mm-hmm. more than the Denny's. But I just find it strange because of all the things that are that you could like eat at a restaurant or make at home. It's like so. It's so easy to make pancakes. What? You know what right. I mean? It's so easy to make pancakes. Yeah. They even had a spray, Molly, that looked like Ready Whip, and you could just spray it into the pan, and it was like <laughs> not you. bad at all. No, it was good. It was. It blew my mind. It's I was like, the how international is this good? house this of food pancakes. Is the easiest thing to it's cook just at not home. as good as Waffle House in terms of twenty-four hour diners. Yeah. I like the no frills aspect of Waffle House a lot. Um, Village Inn was the chain in Iowa, that and Perkins. Perkins was twenty-four hours, and their specialty was muffins. So you could always go get a muffin there. You always bring it back to Connecticut muffins. muffins. The muffin the boom. Connecticut muffin. Yeah, um, this is the Iowa muffin, but yeah. It wasn't at all open 24 hours. In fact, it had like really limited hours, if I recall, because everything in New England does. But I, I always loved Friendly's. Friendly's is like Friendly's. such a good diner, man. I've only been to one Friendly's, and I think it was in Hawaii, weirdly. There's a Friendly's in Honolulu, I think. I went to a diner, a 24-hour diner in Vegas with Emily called the Pepper Mill. Oh, the Pepper Mill is like the the, the great Isn't everything 24-hour in Vegas? Like, there's nothing that closes in Vegas. This was fantastic. Oh, yeah. The clubs close. Yeah, some (laughs) things do close. I mean, this was, I don't even remember what I had, but I had a great time. That's what I had. Oh, shit, Molly. What was the place in Seekonk, Massachusetts that was a 24-hour? I can't think of the name. I can't think of the name. There was a really great diner in Seekonk. (laughs) I think it was in Seekonk, right? It was nothing in in Rhode Island, I think, was 24 hours. Yeah, I can't remember. But there was this one in Seekonk um, that we would drive to our senior year that was a really good 24-hour diner. What are your favorite? Night callers. If you have a favorite 24-hour diner you'd like to alert us to, or a non-24-hour diner. Or a 24-hour anything. Give us a call at 240-46-NIGHT. We did get several several emails pointing out that there are Waffle Houses in non-Southern states. So I, I was thinking of that more. As I said, I think when I said it originally, it was more a, a heart feeling, a more spiritual feeling, less a factual feeling. So I think we said letter uh, of the so law, spirit of the law. We can, yeah, yeah. So we can, I, I will acknowledge that. I was wrong about that. However, because I've discussed this with several people off the pod, just like, is Missouri a southern state? And I think I've really come to the conclusion that if you had slavery, you have to be a southern state forever. Wow, Whether or not you like it, whether or not you feel like you're really Midwestern, if you had Wasn't it this is Missouri compromise that we have talked about? This is the whole thing. I believe it is like sort of was up for debate where Missouri was going to go. But from what I have heard from Missourians, it's the Midwest. Yeah, and they wish. They wish. <laughs> I'll give it to them. I, I, the, there's been some discussion of like, are we too coastally elite, even though Emily is obviously, you know, has has spent a lot of time in the Midwest. Guys, I'm so. the only one of us who've been, who've been to Branson. So Exactly. <laughs> so I think we should honor the, the folks from Missouri uh, being whatever they want. And also, yeah, there's, I mean. If you can go to Waffle House, do. Exactly. This go, is also. Go to Waffle House. This is the main takeaway. At yeah. Waffle House. <laughs> please sponsor Night Call yeah. so we can go to Waffle House all the time and it can be our, our headquarters, <laughs> our corporate flagship. I'd love to record. Pod. Well, uh, I think that does it for today, guys. Yeah. We'll see you guys next week. As always, give us a night call. One, two, four, oh, four, six, night. Follow us on Facebook, uh, Night Call Podcast, uh, Twitter at Night Call Pod, and Instagram at Night Call Podcast. 
email us at nightcallpodcast at gmail.com. And if it's not too much to ask, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform you listen to it on. And tell us your favorite Christmas songs that will make us rethink how much we like Christmas songs. This is the longest goodbye, you guys. We are the pod. We are the pod. See you next week. We are the pod. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks. Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.